Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, is the next installment in our wonderful conference realignment series of episodes. Last week, we had my wonderful stepdad, Raul, come on, talk about a graphic that we saw on College Football Reddit. Today, Tyler, we are going all out. Galaxy brain, activate your third eye. We're completely realigning, at the very least, the Power 5 conferences. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's it won't be quite as wild as the Power Seven and the yeah the, the, and the three group of three. from last week. But, I don't think uh, it'll be that exciting to have something a little different. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but first, Tyler, let's go ahead and kick the show off like we always do with quick hits. Um, last week we had to talk about Dabo Sweeney. This week we got to talk about Mike Gundy. Yeah, yeah. Mike uh, Mike Gundy's been in some fire over the course of this past week. Um, let's start off with what happened on Monday, Tyler. On Monday, uh, Chuba Chuba, we decided how to pronounce his name. It's Chuba Hubbard. Chuba, thank you very much. I Chuba. only I only remember this because the more, like, I don't know, repeatable, memeable, make funable version of the name would be Chuba Hubbard. Uh-huh. Because it would rhyme. Yeah. Or, or similar thing. But it's not, I always remember being like, if they just added another B, like... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Chuba Hubbard. Okay, so Chuba Hubbard quote tweeted a tweet that was making the rounds on Monday, and it was a picture of Mike Gundy and what I believe to be his two sons. Um, they went on a fishing trip, and they take a picture of the fish that they caught, and in the picture, Mike Gundy is wearing an OAN shirt, and for those unaware, OAN is One America News Network. It is... I, uh, I think a gentle way of putting it is it's a right-wing media channel, but not in, the, not in the stereotypical sense that you would say Fox is a right-wing media channel. Fox, at the very least, gives you some Fox news. is a news network. Yeah, Fox is a news network. And, and they slant their news coverage a certain way, but mm-hmm. OAN isn't really a news network. It is yeah. a... I would say an opinion piece network. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's an opinion piece network that tends to skew towards ultra conservative. Um, That, in the wake of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, in the wake of players regaining their sense of authority and regaining their sense of having a voice, uh, Chuba Hubbard quote tweeted and said, I'm not going to be participating. This is disrespectful. This completely undermines everything we work for. I am not going to be participating in any Oklahoma State football activity until change is made. And when a potential Heisman winning quarter running back, a potential first-round draft pick, and the star of your football team says those things out loud on Twitter and then gets backed up by different positions of the same team. So, for example, mm-hmm. the entire offensive line came out and said, we are with we are with um, Chuba. Chuba. And Former players, just uh, such as uh, Justice Hill, came out and said, "Yeah, no, there's a problem in there, a problem culture in that locker room, in that program." Um, they went full, full, uh, how do I put it? Full disaster mode, essentially. Mm-hmm. They they went out and Mike Gundy and and Hubbard went and did a video, which was strange because Mike Gundy didn't apologize for anything and. And it was Chuba yeah. apologized for the way he went about things, which didn't really seem like he needed to apologize. 
Yeah, it seemed like a bit of a goalpost-moving kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the whole thing about it was that... Uh, um, Chu, uh, from what I understand from reading up a little bit about it, is that uh, uh, Mike Gunny and Chuba had to kind of come, come to a re- uh, uh, an agreement that it was like, well, it's, we probably should have just done this man-to-man. Um, you know, like, you should have come to me about this. Mm-hmm. Which I get, I also push back on, because... I mean, we put it exposing it to everyone else gives it a lot more power, right? It's, like, it's it al- the, allows for. I mean, it, it it's happened now. We all right. know about it. So it's the whole Kaepernick conversation of when is a what is a good way to in Kaepernick's case protest and in uh, Chuba's case bring attention to something that he wants to bring attention to. You know, are you really going to make yeah. a difference if you just come and talk to Coach Gundy? So there's there's no pressure on Mike Gundy. Right, exactly. There's no public pressure. There's no pressure on him at all. And who knows? Maybe Chuba did say these things before, and just because there was no pressure on anything, nothing really got done. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that. And that's a thing that keeps getting brought up by a lot of personalities. Is that like if if this if wearing like I don't agree with it, but. It's it's an interesting thing that wearing a shirt of a news outlet mm-hmm. is typically not what you think of as the tipping point, right? Um, for these kind of things, which makes you think, what else has been going on in exactly. Oklahoma State yeah. behind exactly. the scenes that has kind of led to the players not feeling quite right about it? Right. I mean, so I saw someone on Twitter say that, like, I think it was Bomani Jones said, like, if you think that this is solely about a T-shirt, you're wrong and you're not paying attention because. There has to have been something that went on in the Oklahoma State locker room in that facility that the players, not just Chuba, but apparently multiple players and former players are coming out and saying needs to change. So that's one part of what happened with Gundy. Then, later on, um, (coughs) Mike Gundy... uh, Mike Gundy came out and it was revealed... That in 1989, uh, Mike Gundy, apparently he's being accused of using a racial slur in a 1989 game against Colorado. You remember Colorado Mm -hmm. was a member of the Big 8 at the time, um, and so this was a conference game. Alfred Williams was a former star linebacker there, and he's calling for an apology from Mike Gundy saying that he called the N-word in 1989. Um, He ended up talking about it, and he said that he hopes... He finds, quote, some growth and wants to see some growth. And that if Gundy, <laughs> the ultimate flex, if Gundy denies it that he says that he has um, some some upwards of 20 players to back him up uh, from what happened Oof. on that exact moment. Um, he says, quote, if he denies that he said that, I have at least 20 people who will vouch for what happened that day, close quote. Um, yeah, good looking in what's going on and to this to this up to this moment tyler it is we're recording this on saturday june 20th uh the news of this story came out on the 18th on thursday nothing has been come out from the gundy camp from oklahoma state about this specific incident so mm-hmm. interesting yeah. i mean they're probably trying to figure out right now what is the is the correct course of action to own up to it mm-hmm. in their eyes is the correct course of action to own up to it and apologize or to skirt around it which in you know reality and morality the correct thing yep. is to own up to it and apologize mm-hmm. and move forward but uh don't know if they're gonna do that um i this is interesting i mean i 
it's one of those things where like if Mike Gundy shows some signs, like apologizes, looks like mm-hmm. he means it, um, which has been a problem yes. for him lately, and put some real gr- growth towards it from this, I can believe that this is something that happened when he was in college mm-hmm. in 1989. And that's just, there's a semblance of growth from that because it was, you know, 20 right. plus years ago. But... I need to. But we need, need to, to see, see those and things, and and if we have to right, see those, and if signs, what's coming so. out of Oklahoma State, where apparently players have been told that they're thugs and that they are, they'll take them back to the hood if they don't follow these reports. These are things that are coming out from current and former players. Like if that stuff is true, then that doesn't really show a pattern of change, does it? From 1989. So, no. it's very interesting. Um, I know odds makers are going full. What are the odds? Will, will Mike, Mike Gundy get fired? Um, I don't know that. I don't. It's very difficult. That is. That's like firing Mike Gundy is the Steve Spurrier of Oklahoma State. Like it's a big. Yeah. He's a big guy. Has a lot of power in Stillwater. Yeah, it's the re- to. I I just don't really find it like feasible that he's going to get fired over like a word he said mm-hmm. twenty years ago, or wearing a right. T-shirt. I, and um, I don't. I don't think that's the reason he's fired. I feel like those will be used oh, yeah. as reasons. Part of it. Like, those will be used as part of the case, and the case being this coach is not fit to lead this group of men. You know, the qualities and, yeah, that this coach great. is showing us recently are telling us that he is unfit to lead these men. And that will be. If Oklahoma State does that, that would be a very brave thing yeah. for them to do. Uh, and I will, pl- I mean, I'll applaud them for 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 the guts right. to do it. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, I'd much rather you'd obviously rather that Mike Gundy learns from this and that positive change comes mm-hmm. from this. Um, but we're just gonna have to see right. if that happens. This is the same coach who is just kind of the most stubborn person. Like mm-hmm. he he's a very I don't give a damn what anyone else thinks about me and my football team. Yeah, but he should. And he should. We love that, but also, also, that's not the best when people are trying to call you out to make exactly. it better. That works when it's maybe this offense isn't the right thing to run. It's not, hey, you can't exude racist qualities, and you're kind of showing us that you have racist tendencies. Like that's yeah. not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very it's a very interesting situation very to monitor, and we'll have to keep our eyes glued to that, Tyler. Let's uh, let's head a little bit south. Let's head down to Texas, where players are also using their voices and their abilities. The Texas football players have announced that they um, will not be doing any Texas-sponsored boosted events or be hosting any recruits on their recruiting trips to help them recruiting in, in the players unless they change the name of a building on campus that has um, racial insensitive history um texas mm-hmm. athletic director crystal conte he met with the football team and says that he had quote tremendous dialogue on the topic of diversity um and uh yeah jawan mitchell was the junior linebacker that kind of spearheaded this whole conversation and he said on twitter that he does not feel comfortable representing the university of texas um and that's a big statement especially you know yeah. with things that are going on in this country 
Um, and that's all the news that we have, essentially, that they are having meetings and trying to move forward. Um, the athletes have requested the removal of uh, the Eyes of Texas as a school song. Um, they've requested changes to names of campus buildings, and they want to make it a more inclusive community for black members of our society. Um, this is a great thing, in my opinion. This is players using their power for the right thing. I love it because not only are they are they using their power, but they have a they have a list of demands. Mm-hmm. They have like a, we 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 want these concrete mm-hmm. things because an easy thing for an administration to do when somebody just says that they want change is to do one or two things that may look like a lot but might not right. be, and then they can just say, "Well, we we changed for mm-hmm. you." So we, we met your, we, we, but, but now text, these text players have put out demands and they are asking for specific right. things and they, and that's good because, um, the administration is going to have to respond mm-hmm. to that and they will be able to say that we've always had our intentions clear from the beginning. We want this, this, and this changed. And I, I, I wish them luck, like, because, uh, it's a very, it's a very powerful and scary thing to be able to speak up against your own administration, especially because thing with all these college football players is that also becomes part of the reason that sometimes these cultures kind of get like this is that when you're in the program you don't have any power right. until recently with social media but like until you're in the program you don't really have any power because if you try and confront a coach that, or an administration about stuff they can just take away your scholarship yeah if it's really that bad and then by the time you're out do you I mean, do you want to go back and fix things or speak out about things, or do you want to just move on with your life? Yeah, and, and that's different for each person. Like, not everyone is built to be the Malcolm X, Martin Luther King type person. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all make our contributions in a different way. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And I feel like one of the things that is helping these players now is the fact that they have a coach that's going to support them. Tom Herman has come out. And yeah. Tom Herman has probably been the example of how a college football coach should handle this situation and the absolutely the, the current um racial climate in our country he's just flat out said it like white people have been wrong for a long time in this country and i want to do everything to make my black players feel like they are supported and not just talk but also action like i saw on twitter a couple weeks ago or last week Someone said, um, we are listening and we hear you is the brand new, our thoughts and prayers are with you, where mm-hmm. all talk but no action. But Tom Herman's about that action. Like, there are there are yeah. people across the country, there are coaches and there are people at universities across the country that are about taking action. Will Muschamp registered his entire team to vote. Like, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not, like, saying that that is, like, oh, my God, Will Muschamp is is the white savior but like at the very least that comes a long way from when he had that press conference yeah. in 2016 and said oh we had there's an election today i didn't know that we're thinking about florida like that's a long way it's a very t- t- that's growth exactly like, that's growth and it's incremental growth and that's what we're asking for that's what we're, we're mm-hmm. looking at so i applaud tom herman for being on his side uh with his players and we hope that from these meetings actual change comes and that these texas players yeah. demands are met because what they're demanding is they're what they're demanding is to change the name of a building to honor the first african-american student on campus at the university of texas like that should be a no-brainer that 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 should not be a hard thing to do no that's not something that is a bad that's not a that's not a controversial you should be you should be rushing to make that change yeah like and you should have been that's awesome yeah so so that's that on the social justice side of texas tyler let's talk about the corona side of texas 
Um, oh yeah, that's still happening. There have been a number of tests that have gone around across the country, and we're getting numbers. Uh, we had the alleged reporting in Alabama that has neither been confirmed nor denied. Um, we had schools in the Northwest, all that stuff. Texas turns out that 13 of their football players have tested positive for coronavirus. Um, that also ties in with the 23 Clemson football players that have tested positive for coronavirus. Um, this is, yeah, 23 players. 23. The report came out late last night. Um, this is seen more in southern states. Because yeah. it tends to be states that have been loosening their restrictions. I currently am in Florida, so that's a little bit of concern. You are have been in Florida this whole time. But it's a little bit different than Virginia, where I have been. Um, and yeah, what's culture shock like? Culture shock like? At well, culturally, I just I felt I slipped right back, right back in, like home. home oh is yeah, home. but like, home is home. but oh yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's it seems a lot more like things are back to normal when they're a hundred thousand percent not normal, and yeah. it seems like not so much that people that I have that I talk to, my friends, my family members. Um, well, most of my family members are taking it very, very seriously. Um, it's a lot of people that I'm like, I go to Publix to grab something, and I wear a mask, and I sanitize in the car before I get out. I sanitize when I come back from the car. And I just see people go in, and their flip-flops and no mask, and just, you know, carrying on. Like, it's, Ju- it, like yep. it's June 20, 2018 and not June 2020. You know? Yep. So And that's just... A- I mean that's just a testament to why these some more southern states are being like this. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I mean that's just that's, that's not only is it a general attitude thing. That's also uh, so the restrictions have actually been lax here. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but the, but the reason that the attitude has been lax is because the restrictions have been lax. Yeah. It's all connected, and that bleeds into the football scene. Exactly. Um, and I feel very confident that college football. We'll still do whatever it wants this this fall. I've um, I've I've given up on the are we going to have a college football season because I know we are going to have a college football season, whether it's the right thing to do or not. I've given yeah. up, I've given up on trying. That's to, that ship has sailed. Yeah, that like, ship has sailed. We're happening. having a football season. It's a matter of how we have it, how many games, and how serious these universities and conferences and the NCAA are going to be about it. I saw something recently that. Dr. Fauci, you know, the the mm-hmm. doctor everyone should be listening to, Dr. Fauci, um, it came out and said that if we have football this fall, it has to be in a bubble format the way that the NBA is planning on doing it, the way the MLS is planning on doing it. It has to be like that in order for it to happen safely. And mm-hmm. do you think that we're going to have universities oh, bubbling up not. their players and their students and stuff? Absolutely not. It's not. I I could believe that the NFL would do it, but I there's there's no way. Well, because the NFL is technically above above the table with taxes playing paying yeah. their players. Like what is like when what happens if a if well, also a, ahead, they're all college students exactly. You can't you can't be like all right we're all gonna have all of our um, games in Atlanta mm-hmm. at the Peach Bowl right at the Mercedes Benz. Uh, we're gonna do all of our college football games there for the SEC. Like, each conference will do a thing. Mm-hmm. Be like, so what about all the players from Kentucky and Tennessee and, hell, even Georgia? It's, like, yeah. 90 miles away. Like, um, and Florida, I'm like, are they just not going to have a fall semester? Like, 
they are students. And if exactly like the NCAA prides himself prides himself on saying, "Oh, these are amateurs. They are student athletes." Like, we all know they're not. But there's no way that you can tell me that that is going to be a reasonable thing to do. There's no way you can tell me that college football this fall is going to be safe. It won't. It no, won't be it safe. Won't. It will not be safe. More than likely, there's going to be a second wave. And above that, I just feel like these teams are going to be just like cut in half. You look at this Clemson team, 23 players have tested 23 positive. players. That means that 23 players have to be isolated and removed from everyone else and not practicing with the team and not participating in anything in person. What happened? Like, we talked about this last week. What happens if that happens week three? You miss week four and week five? What if your quarterback room gets it? You don't have a quarterback. Yeah. What if your offensive you're just, line you're group... You're just going to miss even, it for two weeks. Even worse, you can run a wildcat. What if your offensive line group gets gets it? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? What Put you, fullbacks in? Oh, wait. Actually, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Calm down, <laughs> Tyler. Relax. <laughs> um, no, but I think this is just another testament as to how lax and how carefree people are, deal, or people are treating others' health. Hopefully... Players testing positive for COVID nineteen now before games have even started mm-hmm. would will change some things exactly. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll have to we'll have to see. We'll have to keep it monitored on that, and we just hope that people in charge do the right thing and shut things down when they need to shut down and implement the measures. And but it, at the same time, we just need everyone to follow it. Like wear your mask. Like I, every time I leave this house to go to Publix or to. Um, grabs to pick up some food or whatever, I wear a mask every single time. It's that simple. Yep. I wash my hands before I leave, wash my hands when I come back, sanitize in the car, sanitize, do all those things. You can never be overly cautious in this case. Yeah. In this case. So that's that on that for now. Um, there's so many quick hits, Tyler. we got to push through these last few ones. Yeah. Uh, turns out the NCAA and the SEC have said that no championship events will take place in Mississippi unless the state of Mississippi changes their state flag now part of this to me is lip service because i can't think of a single sec what, yeah NCAA what, what championship mis- event what championship event gets held in the state of mississippi like none 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 of them do this is just, this is a it's... wonderful gesture and a wonderful thing to say but it's kind of pointless <laughs> yeah i mean in fairness, like I, I, I remember the Mississippi State AD, I think on Twitter said that like we haven't flown the state flag on our campus in years. Like uh, which I don't know if that's true. I've never been I don't to know either. Yeah. Um but we'll have to ask Dan For those that don't know, the Mississippi State flag is got a couple it has a Confederate symbol on it. It's basically the Confederate flag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the same state that was playing the Southwood Rise again until the until the mid two thousands in one of their stadiums. Exactly. It was Ole Miss, um, and the Ole Miss uh, team that's that's named the Rebels for you know. Yeah, exactly. Not the ones from Star Wars. The, let me um, see. The Miss, Mississippi has its uh, its. It, I don't want to say issues. No, you know what? I will say issues. It's issues with yes. Just say it. <laughs> getting rid of that toxic southern identity i don't want to say southern identity is toxic not as a whole no no you should be proud to be where you're from you should be proud to be from the south uh as we are proud to be from florida the problem is when your pride is tied up with the confederacy and racism and slavery that's where the problem comes in yeah yeah that's where the problem comes in. something so, that yeah 
So yes. I guess good on you, NCAA and SEC, for taking a stand that you've been taking for literally forever since you've never put a championship event in Mississippi. <laughs> but um, it good awareness, raising awareness I, for the. I hope something happens from it. Like uh, yeah, <laughs> but at least raising awareness of the fact for people that don't really see it on an everyday basis that the Mississippi yeah. State flag, not the best of the flags. No. Um, Tyler, moving to closer to a little bit closer to home. Um, our chant, Gator Bait, dun 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 dun, dun Gator, Gator Bait, Bait, that chant. Um, they will no, we will no longer be performing that chant, uh, due to its racist history. Now, this is something that I did not know of. Straight up, didn't know about it either until but... the press release came from the University of Florida, and it was among a bunch of things that the university is planning to do. What they're calling the decade of progress, the decade of change which is a great thing that over the course of the next decade they're going to be implementing things to push forward essentially what I'm calling the third wave of civil rights. First wave was slavery, yeah. was 1860s slavery. Emancipation. Emancipation. Second wave was Martin civil Luther King, Malcolm movement. X, civil rights movement in the 60s. This is looking like it's the third wave yeah. of the civil rights. Um, hopefully the last one where we get complete civil rights, uh, equal rights. Yeah, but hopefully. it turns out that Gator Bait itself the origin is white farm white uh, gator trappers, mm. right? White gator trappers would use baby black um, baby black boys as bait to lure out alligators, yeah. and and it's on like postcards from the eighteen hundreds. Like it's on postcard from the eighteen hundreds. It's in articles. There's and there's we want, pictures. We want to clarify that to I mean to my knowledge from reading it like. This, the chant, the gator bait chant was not directly created because of these things. Correct. However, yes. it's one of those things, they're created separately, but it's just hard to just, it's hard to disconnect the two. The weird exactly. thing is, is that, the kind of odd thing is, is that the chant as we know it was created by a uh, black man, Lawrence Wright, one of our players mm -hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Who, um, but at the same time, like... In that regard, it is innocent, but it is just a chant. Like, mm -hmm. and it, if it makes people, if it makes people think of a very terrible thing, mm -hmm. of a time in our history to not be proud, that I have no problem with with them taking it away. I, I mean, listen, it's not, it's not like it's not like asking them to change the change the mascot away from an alligator, which I'd be like, it's an alligator. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that it is what it is. Yeah. But, like, Richard Johnson, friends of the pod, Richard Johnson, um, come on the pod, Richard Johnson, we love you. Please. Uh, he tweeted, he was like, Florida created a wonderful tradition with Tom Petty's Won't Back Down out of thin air because a person that was born in the same city that the university is located died, and we created a beautiful tradition out of thin air. We can come up with a new chant. We can figure yeah. something else out. I'm not worried about it. In this. five years, no, it won't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I joke. I joke about it because uh, it. It's funny. People have been joking about how we got moved back. You suck. Back. Thank. Thank the Lord we yeah. did. But continue. <laughs> um. But it's one of those funny things that like move back. You suck was discontinued my sophomore year. I think your junior year. Um, yes. I didn't. I didn't get to hear it again. I mine was my first two years. I heard it, and I I said it my junior year. A group of us in a game. The first game back, we like chanted it when there was a flag and we were all concerned like why didn't the band play move back you suck and then it wasn't until after the game that we found out that a bunch of boosters didn't like it and so there and therefore they took it away yeah well like and 
if they had never taken it back, then in five years after that, when there's no play, when there's like one percent of the student population was there five years ago, mm-hmm. no one will care. Like, yep. um, no one will care because it won't. It will, won't be what they know, and that's why it's just a chant. Um, it seems innocent enough, but at the same time, it's connected to something very terrible. And um, who are we to say if it, if it makes them think of a terrible thing? I don't want it associated with my school. So yeah, no, neither neither do I. And and taking a poll just amongst my my friends, one of my friends knew the actual history, and the rest of us were like, oh, we just found out. Like it's not a common knowledge thing mm-hmm. that people would think it is, but. Uh, so no more gator bait, and we are perfectly fine with that because we would rather not invoke those memories yeah. of the origin of it. So, uh, I th- although I think it is big to point out that um, I think it's Lawrence Kager, right? Lawrence Wright. Lawrence Wright. I'm so sorry. Lawrence Wright is kind of fighting this decision. Yeah. He said that he created the chant and he wants it to be done. Which I get, like. Because when he created it, um, I mean, he created that if you're not a gator, you must be gator bait. Right. And it became like a chant and a song after that. The term gator bait had been used before, but okay. as we know it now, Lawrence Wright created that. Okay. And I get it. So I think more than anything, he's just mad they didn't ask him. Like, Yeah, they didn't give, they didn't ask his opinion. And I saw something where it was like, so are we not going to use that championship parade footage? where he says if you're not a gator you're gator bait is that gone from the history no i don't think it's gone from the history i just think we won't use the chant anymore and that's okay yeah. like we'll come up with something we'll be fine yeah um another school that's doing the same taking away um chants and songs and stuff it's the university of georgia yeah our our rival to the north they have they have decided the band will no longer play terrace theme at the end of games uh terrace themes for those of you who don't know is the theme from gone with the wind a very very civil war the south was better in the the south was better at this point in time yeah. movie um a great film if you have not seen it but you have to keep in understanding mind, historical context like. understand the historical context so when you use terrace theme you're essentially invoking it's like Ole Miss playing the south will rise again it's invoking those those feelings yeah from that era and Georgia did this right, Tyler, because the song they're replacing Terrace theme with is Georgia On My Mind, which to me is a beautiful song that every Georgian should be proud of. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It's the best. I think it'll be wonderful that they'll be playing Georgia On My Mind after games. Um, I fully, fully, fully support. And I just think it's a better song. I agree. Um... So. And again, we're we're not Georgia fans, so I'm not like connected to this at all. But right, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it's just a chant, and change it in five years, no one's gonna care if they if they did if they did care <laughs> if they um, did. Right, that's my thing. But is, I think if you are mad about Terrace theme, like if I was mad about Terrace theme, I'd be like, what? I love Terrace theme, and then I hear, oh, Georgia, my mind's replacing it. Okay, okay, I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not terrible. Like, yeah, it could be worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> could be worse. Could be yeah. worse. So good on them good on florida good on the NCAA changes. and the sec and all yeah. those changes last thing tyler before we get into our other changes <laughs> tyler the most important news of the decade has just dropped yes the belk bowl as we know is no longer the belk bowl <laughs> it has been repl- moment of silence 
All right, moving on. <gasps> it has been replaced by the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. Tyler, I don't know what is more <laughs> Southern. I don't know what is more Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know. All I say, all I say is we need to keep the Belk Bowl PR team and social media team, and they need to transfer over to the Duke Mayonnaise Bowl. Yeah, I hope they because didn't. oh my god. The jokes, Tyler. The jokes, Tyler. The Duke's mayonnaise bowl. A bowl of mayonnaise. What if Duke plays in this what game? What if Duke wins the Duke's mayonnaise bowl? What if Duke loses the Duke's mayonnaise bowl? We be like, you lost your own mayonnaise bowl. Um, be the, the jokes, man. Point. The jokes. Oh, my Tyler, God. Tyler, I, I petitioned to have every band member from both schools bring out a jar of mayonnaise and just say, is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> like, there should be no actual musical instruments at this bowl game. Oh my it God. should be band, jars of mayonnaise it's just band and geeks. everyone as Patrick. It's just, that should be the halftime show. Both oh my God, yes. Conductor, one, two, three, four. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Oh and God. that's the halftime show. <laughs> we They should pay us for that. Um... They should drop a bag. Sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. You know where to find us. God. Yeah, I just hope that the Twitter account doesn't change. Like, yeah, never change. Please. Never Especially change. Especially now that it's it'll the be fine. Duke's mayonnaise bowl. I can't. So believe it. can we? So what's the nickname here? Are we gonna call it the Mayo Bowl. I think so. The Duke's Bowl. The, the Mayo Bowl. The right? DMB. Um, the DMB. <laughs> I hate it already. Um, oh my gosh. Tyler, let's just go on to the meat potatoes just, of the show. Let's just move on. Let's let's uh let's take that mayo, put it on a turkey sandwich, and call it a day. Um, conference realignment, Tyler. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm not even gonna talk. You're gonna go first. Give us your reasoning, your justification, your teams. Take it away, my guy. Okay. So we'll we'll just. I only really did the power conferences like right mm-hmm. down, and I mean, I had planned. I was thinking about doing a whole like restructuring everything but uh-huh. uh i wanted to keep it more in the vein of realism i'm gonna just be completely honest with you i haven't made a single change to the pac-12 <laughs> really no because i couldn't so i did this very geographically oriented and i was having okay. a hard time finding schools that i felt could move to the pac-12 uh-huh you know yeah um, i get that i mean i was thinking about it because i was thinking about replacing one of the arizona schools or Colorado, mm-hmm. moving Colorado back to the Big 12. Um, uh-huh. And replacing it with something else. But, like, replacing Colorado with Texas Tech, which was a very weird. Um, but would give... Alright. Live on the pod change, I'm going to change Colorado to Texas Tech. Uh, because that would give the Pac-12 a foothold in Texas uh, for recruiting mm-hmm. somehow. Because, I mean, Texas Tech's not really much. But, like... Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved Colorado back to the Big Twelve, which makes sense. They're well, we saw how them. Kevin Sumlin went at his time at A and M recruited, kind of the Arizona, New Mexico area, which is also the same Pac twelve kind of recruiting footprint. So we've seen that that is a fertile recruiting ground, and players can go play a little bit east from there. Yeah, in the ACC, give it to me. Um, pretty much mostly the same, except for. The South Carolina Gamecocks have moved over from the SEC, uh-huh. and I have moved the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets over to the SEC. Okay, I, this is a personal thing. Away, this is just a personal thing. 
But Tyler, without giving away too much of mine, I've done the same thing. Yes. So we because you want that Clemson South Carolina rivalry. Yeah. And you want that Georgia Georgia Tech rivalry. I feel you. Yeah. I see you. I, I, I think it, I, don't know, I just you're in Atlanta. I think the SEC values that more than being in, you know, a state that's dominated by Columbia. Clemson right now. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, even South Carolina at their peak, they're mm-hmm. only winning their division. Right. Maybe. And that requires Georgia and Florida to be down. And, like, the last time they did that, Georgia and Florida were both down and they had Steve Spurrier. So. Everything, the stars really aligned. It, it might be better for them all things necessary to move to the ACC just for their own ceiling. All right, so mm-hmm. these next couple conferences I, is where things started to change a little bit. Okay. Um, the one with the most movement, the Big 12. Okay. I am added Colorado from the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. From the Big 10, I added Nebraska. Okay. Nebraska's going back to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And from the SEC, I added Texas A&M and Arkansas. You put Arkansas in. I put in Arkansas in. Okay. And that brings me to kind of my one of my favorite things. Additionally, in the Big Ten, it's pretty much mostly the same, except for I added Missouri from the SEC. Well done. I brought well Missouri done, over to the friend. Big Ten. And my final change that I'm... Act- so, so wait, hold on one second before you go. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Missouri and Arkansas have a rivalry. Yes, but... It- it's like a... It's like a manufactured rivalry now that they're in the SEC. Yeah, it, it wasn't... So you said forget that. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, It's more so I was looking at kind of geography, and Arkansas isn't as much of the same situation as South Carolina. Arkansas has a great history, but, I mean, Arkansas, to win the SEC now, Arkansas would have to recruit miles better than what they're doing for years, um, mm-hmm. require LSU, Alabama, and Auburn to all be down, and have a great head coach. So, okay. and in today's age, I don't know how realistic that is. And I feel like for them with the Texas recruiting, that is kind of their thing because mm-hmm. they don't recruit a lot of the same players that the rest of the SEC recruits. They can dip into Texas mm-hmm. more. Right. So it would, for their own sake, it, it makes it better for them to move to the big 12, where there's a little bit more parity in the conference. Um, mm-hmm. They're immediately better than like Kansas and um, well, Kansas uh, but they, I mean, they're in their their ceiling in the Big Twelve is higher than their ceiling in the SEC, so okay, it's better for that them. Makes sense. Same thing. I agree. Same thing with Missouri. Um, yeah, and also geographically, I mean, Missouri more than Arkansas, Texas A&M still kind of at times feel like SEC teams a little bit. Missouri just still does not feel like an SEC. It's team. super out of place. It's super out of place. And the thing is, the thing with Missouri is that they're in a weird spot in the country. They're smack in the middle. Where yes, technically they could be in the SEC geographically. A C, they could be Big Ten, they could be Big Twelve. You can't really pinpoint a specific conference association mm. with them as a school. I mean, the closest thing would be the Big Twelve because that's what they were before. They were in for a couple decades before they came to the SEC. But I mean, putting them in the Big Ten makes the same amount of sense to me. Like it makes, I get it. I, get I it. mean, uh, additionally in the Big Ten, I wanted to just uh, drop Rutgers down a level, but I was nice mm-hmm. and didn't do that. My final, the ch- I wasn't. <laughs> the change that I'm most happy about. Uh-huh. Is in the SEC, Ooh. and this is a wild one. Mm-hmm. So in the SEC, I've ever, all the teams are the same except for aforementioned uh, departures are Missouri, Arkansas, and Texas A&M and South Carolina. That's four. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've added Georgia Tech, and they lost two spots, so they're only down to twelve teams now, which I don't think is a big deal for the SEC. Um, okay. 
And the final team that they added. You ready? Is the West Virginia Mountaineers. You threw West Virginia. I threw West Virginia in the SEC, which is not Southeastern at all, but like No. No, but culturally, I think that West Virginia fits the SEC SEC. more than any other conference. As someone who lived in Morgantown for a couple months, it does give me SEC town vibes. I mean, I can see that. Everything revolves around the university. Take me home, country roads. Like, ah man, I wish I would have done this. That's genius. Time. Yeah, that that was one I was supposed. If we're gonna have Missouri all the way out there, we might. It as makes well just as much it sense. Just, it makes just, just as much just sense. Just move Auburn over to the. Oh wait, no, you don't even need to do that. Um, um, no, you don't need to. Do uh, that. But yeah, it's it's um, it's it's more of just like I think culturally it fits better. I don't know mm-hmm. what the ceiling for West Virginia is in the, in the Southeast or in conference. Probably not I very th- high. I th- but I think it's higher than Arkansas. I would agree. But lower. I think it's higher than Arkansas, but it's you know what? They're Mississippi State. Yeah, they're, they're Mississippi the East Mississippi State. Here's the thing. I mean, they already don't fit in the Big 12. They're yeah, such no. a we- they're just like Missouri cuz they're, they're all the way in like the northeast-ish area. Mm-hmm. But they're not a Big 10 school. See, I would argue I would argue that West Virginia is probably a Big 10 school. I mean, yeah, if, it, if we're like stripping schools of their current conferences and just saying an identity yeah, no. as a school, they fit the SEC mold, but they're more of a Big Ten yeah. school. They're essentially Penn State, a state over. You're absolutely right. And that's the thing. Like, well, I, I considered adding them to the Big Ten, but I was kind of like, eh, Big Ten kind of already has a Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, I almost did it. Um, but I, I just think it'd be interesting to, I mean, it already takes a million, it's already a million miles for Big 12 schools to get there. Yeah. I don't think it'd be... It wouldn't be as hard. Like, it's right next to Kentucky. Um, mm. Right next to Tennessee. And I, I'm... That's the one that kind of... It all revolves around. I didn't get too, too crazy. Additionally, mm-hmm. I would have added... From the lower levels... I think I would have added... UCF to the SEC. Okay. Um, Just because. Just, just you be, know, throw them in there. Just do it. Just to be... Just <laughs> to do it. Like, I... <laughs> I just I I, I was I was a little I used more to I used to not do it and then I was like I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna see what it's like I just wanna because <laughs> it's gonna suck for the first three years and then it'll be fine like um, yeah as a Florida fan I shouldn't want that but no you shouldn't because that's that's SEC recruiting ground yeah and then I wanted to add App State to uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to add App State to either the SEC or the ACC but Tyler I feel like everything that I did. Is just things you want it to do. Yeah, I oh was pretty. I was a little. I was a little reserved. I mean, not the the West Virginia thing was weird, but like, because um, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to blow these conferences up necessarily, but I want to restructure for, for yeah. what's better Which for the teams sense. that are moving. And yeah. I think I I blew, I blew it up, and I kind of ca- I'm in the middle there. I'm in the middle. I mean, if I really wanted to be crazy, I would just blow up the Big 12 and add the Oklahoma schools in Texas to the SEC. Um, Galaxy brain. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought of that. It's just like, what if I get rid of all the terrible schools and then just add Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and to with... <laughs> what if What if I make a power two? A power <laughs> Add Clemson to the Big 10. <laughs> um, Dissolve the Big 10 West. <laughs> No, we're all independents oh, now. Uh, we're all, oof, 
Oh, uh, retroactively, oh. I've added Notre Dame to uh, the ACC because um, well done. I'm thinking for them. Well done, Tyler. Um, so, hey, I got a okay. better idea. On, on even years during the ACC and on odd years during the Big Ten. <laughs> I love this. Um, okay, anything anything else you want to say, Tyler? Or has everything else pretty? No, much I want to see. I want to see yours. It's not mine's okay. not the craziest, but I I, I, I want to see what yours is. All right, Tyler. So now it is time for my realignment. Now here's some general rules, okay? Okay. Throw out the Power Five. Say hello okay. to the Power Six. Oh boy. I have. Yep. You already know where this is going. So I have included the I American. I already like it more. <laughs> <laughs> I've included the American, and I included the American because I wanted this specific thing. I wanted twelve teams per conference. Two divisions, okay. neutral site title game. Everyone plays eight conference games. Your five division opponents, three cross divisions, and you rotate every two years. So that way, you play every single team in your conference, regardless of division, at least twice in your four years. And if you're like declaring that. after your junior year, you play everyone at least once. Whether like it's home that. or away, you don't know. Like so that, that way, the idea is you play everyone twice in a four-year span, and you get to play them home and away. Boom. I like that. You play four non-conference games, so you still get your four. And okay. independents do not exist, with the exception Good. of the U.S. military academies. They are the exception. Okay. So Army, Navy, Air Force, they are allowed to be independents. Everyone else must be in a conference, whether it's at the Power 6 level or the Group of 4 level. I should have added BYU to the Pac-12. What was I thinking? Tyler, get with it, buddy. All right, Such an so idiot. I've also, just for funsies, renamed each division. Yes. So in the ACC, we have the I-95 division. <laughs> and we have the US-1 division. <laughs> These are fun. These are fun. We're already are fun off divisions. to a great start. Thank you, Tyler. See, Thank my, you. I can already tell that like mine was like a... Well, we'll just change a couple of things here and there, and you're just like, blow it up. <laughs> blow it up. All right. In the I-95 division, you have Boston College. Okay. Maryland, who belongs in the ACC. That's very true. I don't know why they went to the big... Well, I know why. Money. But they should have stayed in the ACC. You then have Virginia and Virginia Tech. And the recent additions to the ACC... You have Notre Dame, and I left them there because they already have the agreement where they play the schedule. All of their other sports are in the ACC. I just think it's an easy... If Notre Dame is going to join a conference one day, it's going to be the ACC. So I threw them in there. Whatever. And you have UCF. Okay. I threw UCF in the ACC. UCF versus Notre Dame for the division UCF versus Notre Dame for the division. You got it, my friend. Okay. In the US-1 division, you have Clemson. You have South Carolina, which I threw nice. in there. You have Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and everyone say hello and welcome to the newest member of the Athletic Coastal Conference, Appalachian State, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, App State. This is what hey, I call guys. also, the nickname is the Carolinas, because you have the two South Carolina schools and four North Carolina schools. Oh, definitely. Boom. The, Car- the Carolina division. division. The Carolina division, Yeah. <laughs> But it, it's not as fun as I-95 and US-1 because oh, they both absolutely. go up. The, the absolutely. 
So that's your ACC. Changes from the ACC. You'll notice there's no Florida State. There's no Georgia Tech. There's no Louisville. There's no Miami. There's no Syracuse. And most importantly, there's no Pitt. Jeez. We'll get to those schools in a bit, Tyler. What the? You're off the rails. (laughs) I told you, man. I told you. Uh, Let's go to the Big Ten, Tyler, where the divisions have been renamed the Wheat and Barley Divisions. (laughs) Um, thank you, thank you. Um, in the wheat division, it was gonna be lakes and wheat, cause like around the Great Lakes. But my yeah, dad's, yeah. my dad said you should name it wheat and barley, and I was like, genius, genius, genius dad. All right, wheat division: Ohio State, yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, four teams that are already in the conference. Yeah, the new additions: you have Memphis. <laughs> You have Memphis. Memphis? Yes, you do. You just got to go up the Mississippi and over to the right a bit. That's all you got to do. You got Memphis in there. And just to have a little, you know, just a little bit of fun, I'm going to take another team from Ohio. I'm going to put the Cincinnati Bearcats in the I, 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 That one makes sense. That one makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does, Memphis? Yep. I put Memphis in there. I think Memphis, while the style of play that they play right now doesn't fit the Big Ten, no, I no. feel like they could set up a revolution in the Big Ten. Yeah, with and the recruiting area in Memphis, like Exactly. They, that's and that's very a foot that's a foot in Tennessee. That's a foot in Tennessee for recruiting and stuff. Even though schools like Ohio State and Michigan don't really they're national recruiting anyway, but like you put Memphis in there, then maybe Michigan State goes in there. Maybe Purdue goes into Tennessee. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Alright, in the Barley division, teams that stayed in the Big Ten, you have Penn State. Cool. You have Iowa, you have Indiana, and then I moved Wisconsin and Minnesota over to be in the same conference division as Penn State to give. Even though I took Penn State out of Ohio State and Michigan, I then gave them Wisconsin and Minnesota. I felt okay. like that would be a good balance. It, it makes sense. Yeah, but so Penn State, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and the last team, the new member, Tyler. It's time to party like a rock star. Oh, yeah. It's Iowa State. Oh, yes. Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa and Iowa State deserve to be in a conference together because Absolutely. instead of playing week one or whatever they play, they should play at Thanksgiving. Absolutely. So I just felt it, we was best, I, we felt it was this. best for everyone. We deserve this. You'll notice teams that are not in there. Illinois. Sorry. Rip. Sorry. Um, Northwestern. Sorry, they, guys. I imagine they don't care. I don't think they'd care either. Rutgers, I know you created college football. But, you, uh, no, it's... Yeah, no, it's fine. It's time. Like, it's time, my friends. So those teams are now gone. So that is the Big Ten. The Big 12, Tyler. We have the Cowboys and the Farmers divisions. In the Cowboy division, which might be my favorite division in this realignment. Oh, boy. You have Oklahoma. Nice. You have Oklahoma State. You have Texas. Cool. Those are the three that are from the Big Twelve. Oh, your only brand three. new, your brand new additions to the Big Twelve. Welcome Texas A and M. Welcome back home where you belong. Yep. Welcome Colorado. Colorado gets that rivalry with Oklahoma again. And you know what, so, Tyler? I loved watching that Colorado Nebraska game so much last year. I decided to throw Nebraska in there as well. 
Oh my god, you put Nebraska's gonna hate this. The, they're gonna hate this, but it's where they belong, Tyler. I mean, it's where they belong, but it's like, Nebraska comes in and is at best the f- fifth best program in that. In that fighting, fighting with Oklahoma State? Fighting with Colorado. <laughs> I don't know, I think Colorado and Oklahoma State are kind of on the same playing field right now. I would disagree, but um, okay. Colorado's had like one 10-win season in the last, like... 20 years. That's true. That's very true. Colorado and Nebraska are very similar. Where they, they were kings of college football way back when, and now they're, yeah. they're not. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why the rivalry is so fun. Um, <laughs> but I like it. So that's I mean, probably it, my favorite it, It'd be very interesting. I'd love to watch it. Like, I would yeah. watch the heck out of that. The, this this is like appointment television, I think, every week. Oh, there's a good, There's a good game in this conference every, every single week. week. Yeah. So, love that. In the Farmers Division, you get... Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech, which remain in there. And the new addition, I threw Houston in here. I like it. I think Houston can, I think Houston after a couple, I think Houston can probably compete right now. And by compete, I mean like bowl eligibility. Houston's like TCU when they joined. Like I feel like they will be able to naturalize the conference. It's just ripe for the pickings. They just need some time. Yeah, they've already gotten, they have already gotten a consent, like, Houston was the first ever group of five team to get a consensus five star in El- at Oliver to come to campus. Like, yep, exactly. So they can do it. They've done it as a group of five team. Like yeah, yeah. They 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 can do it down there. And there's really no college football presence in Power Five college football presence in Houston. So they they can point. be that foot point. So that's the Big Twelve. Um, you'll notice Big Twelve teams that aren't in here: Iowa State, but we threw them in the Big Ten. Um, and then West Virginia, which we will talk about later on. The Pac-12, Tyler, set out west. We have the Mountains Division and the Beaches Division. Nice. In the Mountains Division, you have Oregon, Oregon State, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. And long overdue, a long overdue welcome to the Boise State Broncos. Yeah, to that, the they deserve it. They need it. They deserve it. They, they've proved it. They deserve to be in that power conference, even though... Given with this six conference, six power conference proposal that I'm giving, they could have been thrown into the American and still would have been yeah. looked at as an improvement. But I think they, they're a Pac-12 team. I think they deserve it. Um, under one condition, Tyler, they change the blue field. I'm what? Not wa- I'm not watching. The I blue hate field it. Every Throw week. it away. Throw it away. No, absolutely not. It's Boise State. They have to wear the blue field. It's atrocious. Are you kidding me? No, it's how ugly. have we? No, this is uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I say I say this as a person that doesn't watch a lot of Boise State football, like right. So it doesn't bother me because <laughs> it's it's the novelty is yet to wear off. Tyler, if we but, went to Boise State by sophomore year, we would have been like, oh my god, this field! I guarantee you, freaking fields like it's like yeah. watching football being played in water. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, that's the Pac-12 Mountains. The Pac-12 beaches, Tyler, is the first conference that I didn't change. Meaning, well, I re- rearranged north and south, but these are there's all no Pac-12 new team. There's no new team in your division. Right. You have See, Cal- it's, hard, it's hard to add teams to the Pac-12. You're like, right. Boise is right. the only one that you could promote up. And I and all and, I did was move Colorado out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, just, it's like they're, they're just on the other side of the country. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's difficult. It's difficult. You could have added Wyoming, but eh. But I don't even think Wyoming... Nah. Like, I don't need to. I thought Colorado State as well. Just just for people in 10 years to, to call Josh Allen a Pac-12 quarterback? Yeah. 
for Josh Allen to call himself a Pac-12 quarterback. Yeah, I'm mean, like, mm, that's not at all what happened. <laughs> yeah. After on, on his fourth team, he's he's saying, "I was I'm a Pac-12 quarterback." No, no, you're not. No, no, you're not. Like, all right, the Beaches Division. It's all Pac-12 teams from before: Cal, USC, UCLA, Washington, Washington State, and Stanford. That it works. Oregon was in the uh, the Mountain Division, right? Oregon is in the Mountain Division. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oregon's in the Mountain Division, yes. But that's the thing, though. They cross-play each other. So, like, I know Oregon and Washington is a fun game each year, but they're going to play each other every two years. So it's yeah. not like you're missing too well, much. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be, you got to be willing to... With realignment, some things just end. Yeah, you have to like, you have to give. But, like, playing each other every two years almost might be better. Like... Yeah. Because it builds the anticipation. Like. Exactly. And you only get one home game against that team if you stay for your four years. Ooh... That's kind of cool. I like yeah. that. And it guarantees that um, for fans, for students, right? It guarantees that you're going to get to see at least once the other team come to your to your stadium. From the I like that. So, see, like, as a that, Florida fan, we, we would guarantee at least one of those Auburns, Auburn games from last year at home. That, see, that I would, I would appreciate that because it's just, like, like, the SEC scheduling is terrible because, like, their the cross scheduling is terrible because it's like um, Texas A&M has been in the conference since 2012, and University of Georgia has still yet to play at Caulfield. Yeah, well, you know, but it's it, and it's a thing where they only did it because Auburn and Georgia were in separate conferences. Yeah, that's the it's one of the oldest games in college football history, and that's the only reason that they kept the permanent um, cross division. Cross divisions. It, I mean, it breeds new rivalries. Like we play LSU this year, which is fun, but. Like, I would much rather play LSU every other year and then get a chance to play Bama and Auburn and Ole Miss. You know yeah. what I mean? So, a little bit I more variety. A little more variety, exactly. So, that is Pac-12. Tyler, let's come home to the SEC. Country roads, take me home. Where we have the Mason and the Dixon conferences, divisions. I cannot believe you. Come on. It was too easy. No. <sighs> too right. easy. Just the say Mason the, and the Dixon. Just say the teams. <laughs> In the Mason division. Um... You have Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Four teams that are still Mason there. Division champions. Georgia, <laughs> both of us. Oh man! I, anyway, I... It, it works. It works. Um, so I kept those because you got to keep Florida, Georgia. You got to keep Florida. I did this selfishly, thinking of the Florida rivalries. Yeah, <laughs> like didn't care for if Georgia loved playing south carolina every year didn't care don't uh, care like yeah i kept it i kept it for the big rivalries in the in the division which florida is a part of them so florida georgia florida tennessee kentucky i kind of took them out and put them back in um i had a hole in this spot thinking of another team that i could put in but i decided to just keep kentucky in there because mark stoops is on the come up um, yeah. He's got a year, two years more there max before he takes a quote-unquote bigger job because he's not going to be able to break through past Florida and Georgia. He's basically fighting with Tennessee for third in the division. Yeah. So I kept him in there just to keep it fun there. And the new additions from the ACC, Georgia Tech and Louisville, welcome. Louisville's welcome. an SEC team now. I put Louisville in the SEC because I love that Kentucky-Louisville like rivalry. Yeah. And open your third eye. You think basketball? Kentucky Louisville rivalry. Ooh, come on, bro. Come on, I like now. that. I come like on. that a lot. You gotta, you gotta think beyond you gotta the think, football. You gotta field. think bigger picture. You, you gotta, gotta think, think bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's the Mason division. And the Dixon division, again, is essentially the, the SEC, SEC West. West, except I threw Vandy in there. So it's Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and Vandy, because I took Arkansas out. Vanderbilt is... I Poor kept, Vanderbilt. And I kept Vandy. Poor Vandy. Tyler, I kept Vandy strictly because they are the old they are a founding member of the SEC. Yeah. And that baseball team though. That baseball team. So keeping it afloat. Yeah. You know, keeping absolutely. it afloat. So that's the SEC. You'll notice, Tyler, that Arkansas and Missouri and Missouri are missing. I mean, and and Texas is, A&M, but and Texas A&M. But, but we, we saw but they that. went to the Big 12. And yeah. uh that brings me to the American Conference, Tyler. Uh, this is I'm excited for this now because you've changed things. Like I've changed everything. I've changed everything about this conference. Um the American divisions are the planes and trains divisions. Cause in order to get across the country, you go planes, trains, and automobiles. Hold your applause, Tyler. Hold your applause. I I just uh, I I don't even have words for that. Like Are you not entertained? I'm 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 ecstatic. Like <laughs> Plains, Plains Division champs. <laughs> and here come the train division champions. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. <laughs> the Thomas the Tank train division champion. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, man. Okay. I need to see this. All right. The Plains Division. You got Miami and FSU. Okay. Got to keep those two together. Got to keep those two together. You have Good. what? You moved to the American... <laughs> Tyler, in this situation, the American is power conference. Come uh, on, man. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Miami FSU, Temple, Syracuse, SMU. Okay. And the Lord's team, the Pitt Panthers. Pitt. Listen, you get Pitt belongs. Pitt belongs here so hard. Pitt belongs here so hard. Um, Listen, you have you have Miami and FSU take Florida, right? Okay. Temple is your Philadelphia. SMU is Dallas. Yeah. Syracuse is supposed to be New York State team, right? Throw them up there. Say, yeah, yeah, that'll do, that'll do. Yeah. And then you get Pitt. Who's Pitt? It's Pitt. And you get a Temple-Pitt rivalry. That would be cool. Temple-Pitt rivalry. That would be cool. That is within the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> And it's played in either. And the funny thing is that it's played in uh, Pitt plays in the Pittsburgh Stadium, Pittsburgh uh-huh. Steelers Stadium, and Temple plays in the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. So you're essentially an, getting, it's just going to be an NFL rivalry. You're just <laughs> essentially getting Eagles and Eagles against the Steelers. Eagles Steelers every, every year. single year. Oh my god! It's great. All right, so that's the Plains Division, the Trains Division. I got Missouri and Arkansas. Keep them in there. I have Marshall. Interesting. I have West Virginia. They fit in these, in these teams. They fit. I have Wake Forest. Okay. And I had to do it to him, Tyler. I had to throw FAU in the mix. You there you knew is. you knew I was gonna slip there the homerism in there. There it is. So so in that's the, what you needed. That's what I needed. In the trains division, you got FAU takes South Florida. I actually love the trains division, I'm not gonna lie. I mm. love it. Marshall, West Virginia. That's a West Virginia brawl, right? That's a literal backyard brawl. Not not only, we also get the renewal 
of Pitt West Virginia every two years. Yeah. And this is a rivalry that I think is perfect to be played every two years because that hatred sits there and ferments. This is listen, Pitt West Virginia, not many people realize how big of a rivalry it is. It's pretty big. But but it is the it is the coal miners iron bowl. That is you we need to trademark that. That's the it's the, the coal miners iron bowl. The coal bowl. miners iron iron so, bowl. The coal so bowl. Imagine the coal bowl. So imagine if Alabama and Auburn played every two years. Could you mm. imagine this, the 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 See, anxiety? I don't know if, the tension. Oh yeah, I, I I have Auburn and Alabama fans, and I don't know if they could. Whenever they lose that game, yeah, it like consumes them for months. Like, imagine not getting a shot to to win it again the next year. They have to wait. Imagine the bragging years. rights. Ooh. Imagine if that happened now when Bo Nix and Gus Malzahn won and they don't get to play for another two years. So Auburn just gets to lord that over. Just every time you see a Bama fan, you just say, hey, how about that field goal? (laughs) Now, here's, here's one thing that I thought of, Tyler. I was thinking of switching Syracuse and West Virginia. So Syracuse would be in that trains division with Missouri, Arkansas, Wake Forest, Marshall, and FAU. And West Virginia would be in the Plains Division, where they would play Pitt every year. Yeah. But I think I wanted it to be flipped, because I would rather create the in-state Marshall-West Virginia every year. Uh, Yeah. Because I know that Pitt-West Virginia is going to be hatred regardless. Yeah. And it might be more fun to have it played every two years, you know? You might benefit from that, yeah. Yeah, you might benefit from that, so. So that's my American. And that's my conference realignment. Tyler, you'll notice some teams... You'll notice what? some teams didn't make it into the Power Six, such as Illinois, such as Northwestern, such as Rutgers, such as USF, such as Tulane. Rip. You you may have noticed that, and those teams will end up in the in Conference USA or the Sun Belt because the MAC will not be touched. That's another thing I should have said. No one touched the MAC. It is perfect the way it is. The Mac, yeah, all the teams Tuesday, are the same. Tuesday night action. No one's touching the MAC. Have fun, MAC. Do your thing. We love you. Um, but yeah, they would end up in either Conference USA that some teams are pulled from here. There were a couple teams pulled from the Sun Belt or a team pulled from the Sun Belt. I was trying to find a way to get Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, in here. Yeah. But I just didn't see when I went when I it came down That's to just it. Hard. The, the two Sun Belt teams that I think are deserved are App State and Louisiana, but I think I've had to choose one. App State has done it for longer and has been more consistent. App State's the one. App State's, App State's the, one. the one, yeah. And I thought about Georgia State, uh, or Georgia, which one's in Atlanta? Georgia State? Uh, Georgia Stop. State is in Atlanta. Georgia State, yeah. I was thinking about throwing Georgia State in there, but then I realized that uh, by throwing Georgia Tech in the SEC, you essentially just, if there was another power... If, if you if you try to put two two power two power six schools in Atlanta, you know, it's not Georgia. Work. I mean, it's Georgia Tech, yeah, but they, they've yeah. got they got a foothold. Yeah, it's not going to work. So and I, they already I, Atlanta in that area is already so pressed for talent. Like exactly, and so I figured it would just be best to leave them in the SEC, um, and have them do their thing as a lower level uh, FBS team. So yeah, I love yours. Thanks, man. I, I put gonna a lot go, of thought. I'm going to go restructure a. Uh, NCAA football. Uh, a uh, save with these conferences? To, to be this. To be this. 
we know what you should have done. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I'll notes, say notes. Yes, give me notes. Give me notes. Um, is that I love I love the for for the Big Twelve. I would have made I would have done it like this. I would have done a Texas division and a Southern division. Where like put all of the Texas schools in mm-hmm. one division. And then just every other school in the other division. See, now that is that is I get it, and that is a Raul Rivera school of thought. That like you went to the school of Raul on that one, because he is a full proponent of conferences being more as states. Like he would put all the Florida teams in one conference. Which I get, I don't agree with, but I get. Exactly. Like, and that's here's my thing, because I being someone that has the OU Texas rivalry so close. If it's Oklahoma, hard to give that up. Like, it's hard to give that up. It's really difficult to give that up. And yeah, you would create Texas Texas A&M would be created again. But I can guarantee you, if you put Oklahoma in a conference without Texas, without Texas A and M, uh, it really becomes essentially they'll be mad. It becomes the ACC um, Atlantic or whatever, whichever one Clemson's in. It becomes that conference. Yeah, where that's so one sided. Like, and I didn't want that for the sake of for the sake of my conferences. I didn't want that, so I had to play around a little bit. I think I was I did a pretty good job. I think of I'm surprised I got the Carolinas in there and it getting pretty evened out with the ACC US one division, where it essentially has four North Carolina teams and then the two South Carolina teams. The only thing is that there's no competitive balance in the ACC now. I mean, there isn't now, but eh, I would argue. Look okay. at the I ninety five conference. Boston College. I don't Maryland. have it in front of me, Sergio. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Boston College, Maryland, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, UCF. Off okay. the bat, you're going to say That's, Notre Dame. I forgot is the Notre Dame runner. was in there. But Maryland, back in the ACC, they've been recruiting pretty well. They can get that turned around. Virginia and Virginia Tech should be good football teams. They should be good football teams. They've, That's true. They were good football teams at once. They should be good football teams again. Bronco Mendenhall is going to have that Virginia team turning around good. And Virginia Tech had Virginia Tech under Beamer was phenomenal. They should be able to get back to that point. Mm-hmm. The the wild card here is UCF removed from everywhere else, all the way down to Orlando. Maybe they can do some kind of cooking. Like we're just going to do our thing here. First two years maybe a little bit harder than we thought, but I think they can kind of push it and get it after a few years. Yeah. See, my only that was my thought process is the thing where it's like originally in the AC you have Clemson. Mm-hmm. You know, leave their own, and then the only two schools that I think can really compete with Clemson for like national power would be FSU and Miami. Um, maybe Virginia in, Tech in the ACC. In the ACC, yeah. Well, my, my thing is that you took two of those away to add one, mm-hmm. Notre Dame. However, I say that I'm like Miami hasn't done anything in like years. Yeah, and you you put in UCF, which could has the potential. Has the potential. We don't know, but has the potential. So I, looking back on it, it is a little bit more balanced. Also, having Notre Dame in there makes me feel better about it. So also, if South Carolina, since I put them in there, I forgot. I forgot the, you put South the ceiling there. for South Carolina, like you said, is higher in the ACC. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that team is going to magically improve to be a, a nine win team, but if It'd they're be more playing, possible for them to get to nine wins. If they're playing Duke, NC State, um, cross division with Boston College. Um, and maybe Maryland right now in their low point and stuff, they're going to win more football games. So they're going to be perceived as a better team, and I think they'll be a better team because when you start winning, you create that culture of winning. Therefore, yeah. you get better and better and better. You can get better recruits, all that stuff. So I think throwing South Carolina in that same division as Clemson is going to work out well, especially in recruiting down there 
because right now South Carolina is like, oh, you'll get to play in the SEC, but it's like, great, I can play in the SEC and get my butt whipped by Georgia, Florida, and Alabama when they play cross cross rivalry, or I can go to Clemson in the ACC where I know I'm competing for a national championship simply because I can dominate the ACC. You yeah, know? that's it. A, that's improves. A good point. I think overall it's addition by subtraction for the ACC here. You're subtracting Miami and Florida State, but you're improving the overall quality of the conference. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, I expect early on in the American yeah. for FSU and Miami to maybe not like if they went today, but like you would conventional wisdom would make you think that FSU and Miami would run that conference for a little while. Yeah, I think so as well. And now they're both in the same division, and that's just because I know for a fact they have to play every year. Um, so, yeah, I think they would dominate that division. The trains division is wide open. Missouri, oh, yeah. Arkansas, Wake Forest, Marshall, FAU, West Virginia. As of right now, who would any win that of those this teams, year? Uh, okay, are we talking this past season that went through, or this no, no, this season? upcoming season? Um, well, this Miss, past season, this past season, it's FAU. Wait for it. But uh, Jamie Newman and Wake oh, Forest. Oh, okay, I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, um, it would be it would be FAU it would be Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. It would be FAU Wake Forest at the top, and it would just depend on that game. But like going into this season, who would win it this season? You've got FAU's breaking a new coach, Wake Forest. He's Wake Forest. And they lost Jamie Newman. Yeah. Um, they've got... Marshall's always competitive at Conference USA level, and they give FAU some trouble. So just by the mere fact that FAU is in fine. that division... Yeah. West Virginia's working it out with Neil Brown. Like, I just don't I just don't know how good they'll be this year. Are we, are we rolling the dice with a first-year Missouri head coach? I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Like... Because we also have to remember... Willie Taggart is the head coach at FAU now. Yeah, that's what I'm not, I'm not. I'm not picking FAU. Yeah, like I'm not picking FAU. Sorry, I'm not picking Marshall. Uh, no, 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 I mean me too. I mean, sorry, like, I'm not picking FAU. I'm not picking Marshall this year. They have. They can win. The I mean, Arkansas tournament. has Felipe Franks, which means nothing to me. Means um, zero for this. Yeah. It's still Arkansas. Like, really, Arkansas lost to like. Well, I, I, like, I said it's still Arkansas as in... Oh, okay, okay. It's I bad. Thought you meant, like, I thought you meant Arkansas is winning this conference. Like, what? No, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Ta- the highest potential... Okay, the highest mystery potential is first-year coach... Um, Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz with Missouri. Yeah. Or whatever Neil Brown's doing at West Virginia. Because they were better this last season than I think they should have been. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know how good they'll be. <laughs> Honestly, I think it comes down to Neil Brown at West Virginia and FAU because FAU is returning a lot of talent. That's true. And a starting quarterback that was a five-star recruit that – I'm sorry, a four-star recruit that was at Oklahoma and was supposed and to Chris be the Baker successor. Chris Robinson. So. He's really good. Uh, yeah, I would probably – at this point, it would be – it would depend on the FAU-West Virginia game. What a goes. sentence. I know, right? What a sentence. It depends on – the winner of the division happen. is dependent upon the FAU West Virginia game. Ooh, I love. I, to I just it. I want I want a Florida West Virginia rivalry. Really? Well, like if, if like if West Virginia joined the SEC, like in my group thing, that'd be a fun one. It'd be like oh, like I mean Tennessee and West Virginia played like two years ago. Like that's true. We'd be doing that every year. Florida, like Florida's going up to Morgantown. Morgan. 
West Virginia's coming down to Florida, like... Listen, we if Florida goes up to Morgantown, we have I mean, to go. You're, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Tyler, that is, a, that, is a, that is a college town. We're going. We're going, dude. Oh, man. Oh, I love this exercise that we did. I'm happy, though. I'm happy with both of ours. I'm happy with awesome. both of ours. Look at this, Tyler. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not I. Not I. Um, oh, man. Tyler, hey, let's uh, let's wrap this show up with tweets we've shared. Okay. What do you think? I, I, I support it. Oh, um, let's do it. You, you, um, I'll go first? Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Go first. Go first. Uh, favorite tweet you sent me? Well, it's just one that we think is a fit, street tweet by Stuart Mandel. I can't speak. Um, it's about, uh, it says, Ohio State and Alabama announced a home-and-home home series for 2027 to 2028. Pretty impressive list of upcoming Buckeyes opponents. Upcoming Power 5 series for the Buckeyes. I'll read it off to you. Mm-hmm. 2020 at Oregon. 2021 Oregon at home. 2022 Notre Dame at home. Mm. 2023 at Notre Dame. 2024 at Washington. 2025 at Texas. 2025 Washington at home. 2026 Texas at home. 2027 Alabama at home. 2028 at Alabama. 2030 at Georgia. And 2031 Georgia at home. First of all, why are we why are we scheduling games 11 years in the future? Uh, but and for the same reason that apparently we have um, a home and home with Utah or Texas in 2030 and 2031. I remember when that I was just like I will be in my 30s. I most happens. likely will have a child. I might that's have a cra- child. That's crazy to think about. I know. But it's crazy. I mean, this is pretty impressive. I, I'm just like kind of salivating over being able to watch all these games in the future one day. I know. It's, Ohio it's, State's going to win like 80% of them. But, yeah. Um, well, the Bama game's going to be fun. Yeah, let's just... Okay, let's just see. They'll win both the Oregon games. Agreed. The next two years. They'll beat Notre Dame in 2021. Agreed. At Notre Dame. They'll beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Georgia, Georgia beat Notre Dame in Notre Dame. I think Ohio State's beating them. Yeah. So... When we get to 2024, we get to, like, are we in all the same coaching staffs? Like, what's mm-hmm. the deal? Right. They'll probably win at Washington. I'll just be I'll just be devil's advocate and say they'll lose at Texas because Texas will be back. Um, they'll, they'll, win, they'll win Washington at home. They'll win Texas at home. The Alabama, they'll split the Alabama series. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll sweep Georgia because Georgia sucks. Um <laughs> I have absolutely no clue, because, like, can you just, in 11 years, can you imagine how different college football will be? Well, let's look back Nick to Nick Saban was retired. It's 20, it's 2000, it's 2020, let's look back to 2009. Florida was at its peak with Meyer yeah. right after the 08 game. Um, Nick Saban had been at Alabama for one year. Nick Saban had been at Alabama for one year. Um, wasn't West Virginia like a top ten team? Yeah, coming out of 07 and then maintain that for a USC years. was still good. USC was still good. They were about to get hit with the sanctions. Oregon, um, Oregon hadn't even been to a national title yet. No, TCU was still was, in... wasn't TCU. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So many things can change, Tyler. So many things can change, and that is one of the beautiful things of college football: the turnover, the change. The struggle for athletic directors and coaches to keep things the same, even though they know it can't stay that way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
What's your tweet? All right, my tweet. My tweet is actually. I'm gonna go ahead and cheat here. It's actually a tweet from friend of the pod, Michael Phillips. That's fine. Um, he. We have a group chat with the three of us where we share all of our tweets. Um, it is by Seth Galina at PFF on your source, Seth. And it says, therapist. And what do we do when we are sad? Me. Call four verts. Therapist. No. And I'd have to agree with Seth here. You call four verts. You call, you call four verts. Yeah, you call four verts. What, what's wrong with that? It's completely normal coping that. mechanism. That, that, is an, like, uh, that is the healthiest of coping mechanisms. Especially before Yeah, four verts. That. All the way. Therapist ain't played nobody. I think I think Seth Galina is actually um, Mike Gundy's Mike Gundy um, Mike Leach's burner account. <laughs> That's a take. <laughs> That's definitely a take. That's oh, man. okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm about to go hop on NCAA football and just call a bunch of four verts now. That's it. Just run it. Just run it up. Run it up. No, when down. you're when you're building a team in NCAA football, here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Literally, just invest in your offensive line. That's it. Correct. Like, invest in a pass-protecting offensive line. The call of war verts every play. That's all you got to do, baby. And you might get sacked sometimes, but if they can give you some protection... By the way, don't let your back... Don't, just make your back pass-protect. Don't make them go out of the backfield. It's a waste oh. of time. See, I'm so anti... I'm just the opposite, dude. Like, I am such a run-the-football. I'm such a West Coast I'm offensive. joking, but like... <laughs> No, yeah, I know, no. but I know you love the air raid, and yeah. I am just I like the air raid is fun to watch. But if I'm gonna play the game and I'm gonna run an offense, like uh, uh-uh. uh, we are West Coast. Yeah, the I, 49ers in the 80s. Like let's I let's use, play in the game. I use the Mississippi State like spread system mm-hmm. in the sense of it is in the way that the game structure it is pretty pass heavy. But I like to keep it really balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I build my team when I'm doing dynasty. I try to build heavy offensive line like because regardless passing or running it's good to have a good offensive line yeah and Agreed. the thing i i like i try to let my plays build off of each other i try to run the ball mm-hmm. but uh, oftentimes i just find myself getting sucked into the lull of passing Ugh. and i run a lot of in classic air raid i run a lot of two back sets where i make them both catch balls out of the backfield i love i love a pass catching running back i yeah. love a pass catching running back i also love a pass catching tight end like that is like my highest that is like one of my bad one of my favorite That's hard to defend, man. I know. It's difficult, and that's the best part. Yeah. Oh, man. Love it, love it. Um, Tyler, what a great episode we had today. That was fun. What a fantastical episode that we had today. Um next week we will be back. Uh these are the summer episodes of Sideline Judgment. Um we are typically literally waiting for the Athlon to drop so that we can go ahead and dive into these previews and officially begin season four of the podcast yes we are here on season three season four season four baby um tyler is there anything else that you want to say before we take off uh nothing much just um you know everybody stay safe out there wear your masks wash your hands wear your mask wash your hands be safe we want to we want people to be safe uh but uh you know have fun be be responsible drink water yes Um, hydrate please and uh you know what was the other thing um call four verts and call four verts that's exactly what you should do only after you spend six plays earlier running a draw so that way they're yeah. not expecting it but that's gotta, just no, so that's what, what i do what i do is 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 you gotta you gotta immediately as soon as you take the snap you gotta press the pump fake button so they bite and draw the safeties in and then just <laughs> chuck it so 
Tyler, those those uh those NCAA fourteen tips are free, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to charge Tyler for them. You, no. you don't have to pay him for that. Oh man, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. We are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs>